two, one. All right, we are live. How to sell. Let's see if we get some people on here so I don't talk to myself because that's like the weirdest thing to do. Would you agree? Right one. Yeah, there you go. All right. So one of the things I want to do to talk about today is selling. And so I'm looking forward to this conversation. Uh, my first Facebook Live, so I have no idea how this is going to work out. We're going to find out. Now, by the way, if you're out there, say hello. we got a few viewers already. Just pop in, say hello. Uh, throughout this one-hour conversation, you can ask me anything you want. So everything you've been thinking about selling, you know, now would be the time to ask. Why is that valuable? Well, I don't know. I charge a lot of money per hour, which means you should really take advantage of this. All right. And so let's have some fun. Let's learn a lot about selling. Uh, Tammy Brown. What's up, Tammy? All right. And we got my own daughter, Camille. Yeah, the great one has joined us. So Tushar, oh, Tushar, I don't know. Hello from Chicago, hometown, Chi-Town, Northwest Side. Angela, hola, como estas? Espero que esté bien. George, Buddy Black, love it. Casey Brewer Hubbard, what's up? Anyway, thank you for joining. By the way, as we go through this, I'll try to keep up with the questions. David Barb, hey, David, thanks for joining us, man. It's going to be fun. So I'm going to go through a couple of things, and as we go through this, just if you have questions, now would be the time to ask. Let me just begin by saying that, you know, you can have the best product or service in the world. Listen carefully to what I'm about to say. This is important. You can have the best product or service in the world, but if you don't know how to sell it, you're screwed. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're screwed. I mean, it's like, you, you know, you have to learn how to sell. Now, what's fascinating is, you know, tell people you got to learn how to sell, they just immediately lock up. You know, their brain says, what do you mean I have to learn how to sell? Because I hate selling, Victor. Uh, selling is just evil, you know? And I think they have those movies in their heads, you know, that Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, where it's A, B, C, always be closing, you know, that boiler room mentality. Or they've seen too many Arthur Miller, you know, remakes, you know, Death of a Salesman. Doesn't have to be that bad, right? Selling, as I always say, is a noble profession. Listen carefully. Selling is a noble profession. Why? Think about it. If somebody develops a product and nobody sells it, nothing happens in the market. When I sell a product or a service to somebody, I am helping them. And because I am helping them, I am improving society. And in the meantime, because I provide value, I'm also what? Making money. And that means that's okay. So remember, uh, it's the love of money that's the root of all evil, not making money. And so when people tell me, uh, you know, uh, I'm not in it for the money, really, you're not in it for the money, really. Look, when everything in this world becomes free, I may, I may believe that it's, you're not in it for the money. But what if we can offer value and then get paid for that value? Isn't that what we want? A value for value exchange. I hope you'll agree with that because that's where I'm going. Uh, Connie Roberts, join us. Hey, Connie. Laura Prieto Nunez uh, from Arizona. All right, the hot state. What's not hot? It's just a dry heat, right? So anyway, let's talk about how to sell. You know, because whether you're selling B2B, business to business, whether you're selling business to consumer, to an individual, or whether you're selling even, like, say, residential, let's say you sell plumbing, landscaping, roofing, uh, windows, that's business to residential, I call it B to R, selling is selling. And selling doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be complicated. I think we just make it complicated. Now, if you're in front of a computer right now, which I hope you are, uh, you know, whip out a sheet of paper because I'm going to give you some notes. Just a couple of things to write down. And I think 
the the best way to sell is to basically keep it simple. You know that whole KISS, right? Keep it simple, stupid. I'm going to give you some basic models that you could use to sell more effectively. Now, I know what you're thinking, Victor. Again, I don't like selling. Here's an example I always use. Tell me if this resonates with you. I want you to imagine for a moment you and the friend, you and your partner, you and your spouse go out to a restaurant. You know what? And you walk into the restaurant, and as soon as you walk in, you know, the, the maitre d' greets you right there. You know, they, they take you to your seat. They give you a great seat. It's beautiful ambiance. It's one of those great restaurants that you love. And the you know, waiter comes over, the waitress, and they bring you the menu. They offer you something to drink. You say, yes, I'll have this. They go off, get something to drink. They come back. You select something off the menu. The waiter or waitress says, no, 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 you should really try that because I think that's much better. And they really help you make that decision. And so sure enough, about 10, 20, 30 minutes later, the food comes and my God, it is just, I mean, just gorgeous, right? The whole presentation on the plate is just gorgeous. You got the food, you got the garnishments. I mean, everything's beautiful. The drinks are beautiful. The food's beautiful. The ambiance is beautiful. The music is not loud, just loud enough to have polite conversation. Everything is wonderful. They then bring the dessert tray. I'm not saying I like cheesecake, but I'm just saying, if there's a cheesecake, I'm there. And so you eat the dessert, right? It's wonderful. They bring over a latte, some cappuccino, a coffee. Everything is perfect. You walk out the door. The valet pulls your car up, give them a small tip, and you drive away thinking, this is the best evening I've ever had. Now, the very next day, what are you going to do? You're probably going to call your friend up. You're going to call your friend up, and you're going to say, look, I went to this restaurant yesterday. And my God, it was a great restaurant. I mean, as soon as you walk in, I mean, they greet you. They're really nice. And then they walk you in. I mean, the place is just incredible. And the food, I mean, oh, my God. The, the, you know, the way it's laid out, the drink's perfect, the desserts, everything. You go on and on, blah, 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 about this restaurant. Let me ask you a question. What are you doing? What are you doing? When you're telling your friend over the phone what happened last night, what are you doing? You're selling them on the idea that they should go to the restaurant. You see what I mean? Selling is everywhere. You know, when you were a baby and you were bawling, rah, rah, that was your first sales pitch. You just didn't know it. You were selling your mother on the idea that you were hungry. As you got older, you start begging. You know how you ever beg for a cookie? Like, mommy, can I please have a cookie? And you put on that face. Okay, believe it or not, that's called begging, but it's also known as selling. You're selling your mother on the idea that she should give you that cookie, right? Or as you get older, you become a teenager and you say, mommy, if I do the dishes and I you know, you know, wash the dog and I mow the lawn, can I use the car this weekend? That's called bargaining. Guess what? It's just another form of selling. Do you see that selling is all around us? If you're married and you're a woman, right? Imagine your partner or spouse coming up to you the first time and they said, hey, how you doing? What's your name? Where are you from? What are they doing? Yeah, they're selling. They're building rapport. So selling is everywhere. Do you understand that? We're all in sales. In fact, the Bureau of Labor Statistics came out with an interesting study in 2012. And here's what they found. That one out of nine people, one of nine people in the U.S. is actually in sales. They're in the business profession of selling. But then they looked at the other eight of nine. And when they looked at that group closely, these are people who are not in sales. They looked at that group and they analyzed and they found this out. They found out that they spend 40% they spend of their day influencing, persuading other people. Listen to this. People who are not in sales spend 40% of their time influencing and persuading other people, which means they're in what? Sales. So we're all in sales. Can we just 
have a group hug right now here on Facebook. Let's all, let's all bring it in. Come on, bring it in, bring it in. Group hug. And we're all in sales. You with me? So now that you know that you're all in sales, the question is, how do you sell? By the way, got some great guests. Got Mandy. Hello, Mandy. Mandata. Uh, David Barr. Shada Carnes. Mays. Uh, Mona. My girl, Mona. I missed you, Mona. Um, but are you understanding what sales is? Now, let me give you a couple of models that I use when I train people on how to sell. Now, by the way, if you look at the description here, it's either in the actual uh, description or down below here. Click on that link. I got a free gift for you. Yet, and you don't have to pay me. It's free. So click on that. Uh, I got a free video series called How to Sell. And so once you sign up, you'll get a new video every day that will walk you through the process of selling and learn how to sell. And again, selling is everywhere. Can I emphasize one more thing? If you're looking for a job, are you selling? Of course you are. You're selling the interviewer on hiring you as that person. So again, sales is everywhere. So what you're going to learn today applies to business or your personal life. Now, having said that, here are three models I want you to keep in your head when you're selling. Now think about this. If you're in B2B sales, so if you're in B2B sales, just type in B2B in the comment area so I know you're in B2B sales. If you're in B2B, business to business, selling, then here's a model I want you to keep in your head. When you're talking to an owner of a business, they only care about three things, something I call the value trinity. They only care about three things, write these down. They care about how can you help me increase my revenue, reduce my costs, or expand my market share. That's how you do it. Increase revenue, reduce costs, or expand my market share. Yeah. Right? Now, if you can show a customer how to do that, a business-to-business -business customer, how to do that with your product or service, then you're going to sell more effectively. In other words, take whatever you have to offer in terms of features, benefits, and advantage of your product or your service, and then tie it back to how you can help them increase their revenue, reduce their costs, or expand their market share. Get the idea? Because when you do that, now you're selling. But notice I'm selling value. Imagine that I come to you and I t I'm training you, I'm, I'm giving you a uh, product or service. I'm trying to sell you this product or service. And then I tell you, look, if you use this product or if you use our services, here's how much money you're going to earn. Here's how we're going to help you increase your revenue. Customer says, hmm, I'm interested. Then I'll say, but I can also show you how our product or service is going to help you reduce your cost. Customer says, wow, okay, now I'm starting to see the value. And also, because you're using our product or service, here's a way that you can probably expand your market share and go after a different customer segment. So again, if you're selling a product or a service, let's say to a high-tech industry, a telecommunications industry, manufacturing, whatever it may be, if you don't learn to tie your features, your benefits, your advantages to the increased revenue, reduced cost, or expand, share, expand your market share model, then you're not really selling. You're just, eh, you're just talking. Get the idea? So this is important for you to really realize. Now that's B2B, business to business. And I know what you're thinking, Victor, I'm not in business to business. I don't sell to businesses, I sell to other people. Business to consumer, B to C. And that's great. By the way, Shauna, thank you very much. Love your comment. Now, if you're selling B to C, business to consumer, then here's how you approach it. Again, draw the triangle. Remember, B to B, B2B, business to business, we said increase revenue, reduce cost, or expand market share, right? B2C, 
selling to a consumer, they only care about three things. Again, it's very simple. A different trinity. Write this down. When you're selling a product or a service to a consumer, B2C, they want to know, one, how will this help me psychologically? Like mentally, how will this product or service help me? Two, how would it help me physically? Right? How could it help me physically? And third, how could it help me financially? Let me walk through the three again. If you're selling B2C, B2C, business to consumer, they typically want to know how is your product or service going to help me psychologically? Mentally, how is this product going to help me? How is it physically going to help me? How is it going to help me financially? So let me give you an example. Last week, I was at a network marketing event, great company called Plexus, right? Great company, Plexus. They sell, you know, supplements, you know, uh, things to help you get skinnier, watch your weight, wellness products, and things just to make you healthy, but also products to keep you focused, right? So they sell different products. Now, if I am, talk, if I am selling that product, I need to know, is somebody concerned about, you know, their mental focus psychologically? How are they feeling? Or are they worried about their health? Do they need to lose weight? Is it, does it have to be about wellness? Or are they worried about making money, right? So if you're in network marketing, you know what I'm talking about. Some people want to get what? Mentally fit, right? They want to be more focused. They want to do more things. They want to be in the game. Why? Because think about it. If I'm mentally focused on what I'm supposed to do, when I go to work, I'm going to be more productive. If I'm more productive, guess what? My boss is going to notice, and my work is going to show it, which means down the road, maybe I'll get a raise. Maybe I'll get a promotion. Now, do you see how I tied a simple product that can make you mentally well to improving your production at work, to getting a raise, to making more money? Or I can talk to them about maybe they want to lose weight. Maybe they have some gut issues, right? Maybe they have something going on inside that maybe these products can help. Okay, great. If they're healthier, if they feel well, you know, they feel well, they you know, feel better about themselves. Guess what? They're going to feel better about themselves, which gives them what? More motivation to succeed. They're going to be more fired up. Their self-esteem rises because they feel better about themselves. When they feel better about themselves, they're more confident. When they're more confident, you know what happens. They move in business, right? They get more, they'll get a promotion, they'll get a raise, whatever it may be. They'll be more successful because they feel better. Because when you're not feeling well, you know this, you're just not at your best. But maybe some people don't care about being mentally well because they're already mentally well and maybe they're physically fit. Well, then the third thing you can offer them is money. How can this product or service help them make more money? A lot of people are looking to be entrepreneurs. A lot of people want to actually, what, start their own business. You know, we're in an economy right now. We're going through this major disruption in our economy. Our manufacturing is gone. Manufacturing is gone. We've become a service society. And jobs, remember back in the day when you had a job for 25 years? I mean, literally, I'm not making this up. Last night, I was taking a walk down my neighborhood here, right? And I ran into one of my neighbors. And guess what? They were bought out by another company, and after 25 years of service, fired, downsized, oh, I'm sorry, right-sized, right? And he was fired, right? They got rid of him 25 years. And so maybe there's somebody out there who says, you know what, I want to start my own business. I want to control my own financial destiny. Working for a company is no longer about stability. It really isn't. 
now, by the way, let me, let me highlight something here. I am not saying in any way that working for a company is a bad thing. I have friends, I have family members who love working for companies, love working in a company, love working with a company. That's all they want to do. God bless them, right? But there's other people saying, you know what? I want to make more money. I want to earn more money. I want that financial freedom. And not so much, and by the way, when I say financial freedom, I'm not talking about crazy numbers like I want to be a millionaire or a zillionaire. Some people just want to get out of debt, pay off their bills. In other words, just be financially fit. I think that's a better phrase. When they're financially fit, they're mentally fit because they're in the right space. When they're controlling their own financial destiny, guess what? They feel better about themselves. So you see how selling those products can help people psychologically, physically, and financially. So we've covered B2B, business to business. We covered business to consumer, B2C. But here's a variation. There's something business to residential, which I mentioned earlier. Now, what does it mean by business to residential? Let's say you sell, you're a plumber, landscaper, you sell doors, you sell windows, garage doors, you sell things for a house. I like to call that business to residential. Now, believe it or not, there's a model for that also. Let's say today, for example, we had a plumber in here for like six hours. Six hours with a plumber here. Ugh. You know what I mean? Six hours, too long. Right? So he's there six hours. Now, plumbers, smart plumbers, know, or anybody who sells to residential homes, right? Anybody who sells to residential homes, you know, knows one of three things is going on. But like, take pest control. Put that aside. Let's put pest control aside. When somebody's coming in to repair your house, they know that you want to do one of three things. Again, here's a new model. I gave you a B2B model, I gave you a B2C model, now I'm going to give you the B2R, the business to residential model. When you go into a house, typically, let's say it's plumbing, as in today, there's three things that the consumer is thinking about. Three things that the consumer is thinking about. Can I first repair this? Can I just repair that plumbing? Or do I need to refurbish the plumbing? Or do I need to replace it? Okay, so it's repair, refurbish, or replace. Now imagine you walk in knowing that the customer, the consumer, the homeowner is thinking, you know, I'll give you another simple example. Let's take heating and air conditioning. If you're in that market, the HVAC market, big market, huge market, you know that you walk into a house and the, the customer is thinking either you repair it, you refurbish it, or you replace it. Now, if you know that's what they're thinking, imagine walking in and asking the right questions, asking a sequence of questions that basically will help you determine what they want to do. Now, again, if you offer these type of services, what the customer wants to know from you is which is going to be more economical in the short run and in the long run. They want you to tell them, do I want to replace it, refurbish it, or repair it? And if you can do that, then you're talking to the customer. You're selling the customer on the idea of what they should do. So now think about this. If you're selling in today's market, whatever you're selling, product, service, doesn't matter. you got three market niches, business to business. And in business to business, let me do a recap here. In business to business, they care about three things. Increase revenue, reduce costs, or expand the market share. If you're selling business to consumer, they care about three things. How is that product or service going to help me psychologically, mentally? How is it going to help me physically? And how could it help me financially? If you're selling business to residential, then I want to know, are you, do I need to repair that? 
refurbish it or replace it. You see how easy selling can be? So in my podcast, if you haven't listened to my Sales Influence podcast first, shame on you, right, for not listening to my Sales Influence podcast. By the way, I try to put uh, one out every other day. We're doing three a week, and I keep them to 10 minutes. So they're 10-minute podcasts, so there's no excuse like, oh, my God, they're too long, Victor. I don't have time. Shut up. They're only 10 minutes. So check it out, Sales Influence Podcast. You can get them iTunes, or you can go, if you have a Droid, you can go to uh, Stitcher or Google Play and get it. But in there, I give great tips on how to be more effective at selling. Again, selling isn't hard when you know what you're doing. And everybody needs to learn how to sell. The biggest scandal, the biggest scandal is that we are not taught how to sell. This is a skill that is with you all your life. This is a skill that is with you all your life, that if you learn how to sell, and I'm not talking about pressuring somebody into buy, come on, buy the product. I'm not talking about that. If you learn how to share your information, if you learn how to position something, right, your product or service in the best light, then guess what? You're going to be able to sell in the future. But again, it's not about just selling a product or service. Sometimes you need to sell you. Like in an interview, you need to sell yourself. If you're a manager, you need to sell the goal, right? Team, here's the goal. You need to sell your team on achieving that goal. Or you need to basically, as a manager, you need to what? Sell them on the idea of here's what we want to do. You need to sell them on a unique idea. Maybe you need to sell them on the vision. Here's where we're going. Or maybe you just need to transfer that emotion. Look, everybody get excited. You got to sell them on the energy, the enthusiasm to get more business, to grow the company, to help build the company. See what I mean? We're always selling. And, it, and by the way, I always ask people, you know, you know, is it nature, nature or nurture? Do you have to be a natural born salespeople person? Look, you know, for those who knew me, and I got a couple of people here on Facebook, which kind of scares me, that knew me back in high school. And a lot of them will tell you I was, I was more of an introvert than an extrovert. And I had hair. Back then I had curly hair, believe it or not. If you search my Facebook page, you might find those pictures from high school. But back in the day, I was very timid. I was very, you know, hesitant in approaching people and talking to people. And so that was something that, you know, was, was scary, talking to people. And so I just practice at getting better at it. I just practice at having better conversations with people. That's what I do. You know, and did I make a lot of mistakes when I first started selling? Yeah, a lot of mistakes. I made a lot of mistakes. And so you just get better at it. You know, one study showed, uh, and I forgot the company's name, but basically they showed, they, they, based on their data, only 13 one, three, 13% of people are natural born salespeople. Now think about this. 13% are natural born salespeople. That means 87% are not. 87% of us are not natural born. I fall into that, you know, 87 category. You have to practice this stuff. But think about it. If you're graduating from college right now and you don't know how to sell, that's the first skill I would want to teach you. If you're in business with me, the first thing I want to teach you is how to sell. And again, selling is not about pushing a product or a service onto somebody that they don't want or need. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about pushing products. I'm talking about, let me show you something that I think you might be interested in because I think it'll help you huh, here and financially, right? Or it'll help you increase revenue, reduce costs, or expand market share. When you're selling something of value, you're helping people. Salespeople don't beg. Salespeople sell value. But again, you may be able to sell yourself better. I mean, think about it. 
you know, there was one study years ago, so I don't know if it's still valid, but I love this study only because it's me. And it basically said the majority of people who make money today, who are earning, the big earners, were C average students. Yes, C average student, like me. I was a C average student. I graduated college with a 2.63 grade point average. Let me say that again because I'm not embarrassed. I graduated college with a 2.63 grade point average. Now, if you're negative, you'll see that as a, I don't know, as a C plus. I'm a positive individual. To me, it's a B minus. It's all perspective, right? But what they found is that people who are in that band, that C range, typically make more money. And the reason is because I think they have better communication skills. They're more social. Ah, that's the key. There's a book by Daniel Pink where he talks about uh, the best salespeople are not extroverts, you know, people who talk a lot and are very extrovert-like. But he also said it's not people who are introverts and are very quiet, not them. It's that somewhere in the middle, he came up with this phrase called, and it was a guy by the name of Adam Grant who actually did the study. But he came up with this phrase called ambivert. So Adam Grant came up with this phrase called ambivert. An ambivert is somebody who's not an extrovert and not an introvert, but somewhere in the middle. See what I mean? So get the idea. Selling is all around us, man. And all we have to do is become that much better at selling. But again, it's not about, you know, that old school, just hammer somebody, make sure they buy something. If that's what you're thinking, you're thinking wrong. So anyway, so those are some things I wanted to mention to you, you know, as we talk about this. And again, click the link there, oh, sorry, there, right, or below, and it'll take you to a web page. Enter your email, and you'll get my How to Sell series, my training series, and it'll walk you through how to create your own sales process because every person sells differently. And that was the other thing I like. Uh, you know, I'm a fan of uh, Bruce Lee. Everybody know Bruce Lee? Just give me a high five. You know, I just want to make sure. Just hit Bruce Lee. If you, just hit like BL. Just like BL if you like Bruce Lee. So, you know, when I was a kid, we watched uh, Bruce Lee movies. We were raised, born and raised in Chicago, right here. So I remember going downtown, and we would watch those kung fu movies. You ever see those kung fu movies uh, back in the day? The, ones, the real phony ones where the lip sync was totally off. Anyway, George Buddy Black gets it. So, you know, and Bruce Lee said something that I think is very important. Bruce Lee came up with his own fighting style because basically what he figured out was that all these different styles of fighting were too rigid. So he came up with his own style. And he called his style Jeet Kune Do. It's a very flexible, fluid style. Now, here's the important part. What, the reason he came up with that style is that none of the other styles fit him. And what I love about what he said was, listen to the following. This is so important. Listen to this. He says, when it comes to developing style, your style of being, fighting, whatever it may be, he said, absorb what is useful, discard what is not, and then add what is uniquely yours. Let me say that again. When it comes to developing your style, he said, when you listen to other people or learning from other people, he said, absorb what is useful, discard, throw away what is not, and then add what is uniquely yours. And I've always loved that because every person here will sell differently. Every person has a different style of conversation. Don't try to be like Victor. Just try to be like you. Figure out how you sell. How are you most comfortable talking to people? Too often, we try to imitate, mimic somebody else, and that's the biggest mistake you can make. Be natural, be you, do you when it comes to selling. 
Now, I have a question from OV, my man, Obidilio D. Vasquez. He's a good friend of mine, up-and-coming speaker. He's already a great speaker, by the way. He says, how do you get a one-on-one -on -one with a hiring manager who is not returning your email? Great question. So, OV, when somebody's not returning your email, right, it's almost like prospecting via email. One, imagine all the emails they'll get. So, the first thing you should do is figure out when is the best time to send an email. Two, in your headline, put something compelling. Now, here's what I want you to do, OV. Put yourself in that manager's position. Be that manager for a moment. Understand what they're going through, all the pressures they have, maybe some of the needs they may have. So let's say you're trying to find, get a sales position with this company. Then one of the things I would do is write in the headline, let me help you increase your revenue, right? Because I'm thinking about what they're thinking about, which is how do I grow my revenue? So if I'm going after a certain position, I put myself in their position, also a POV, point of view, take their point of view, and then write your headline and your email as if you were them trying to help them with the problem. Too often, we spend time talking about ourselves in the email or in our resumes, right, when we send it out, the cover letter. But maybe what if we shift how we think about this and say, you know, let me think about what they're thinking about. Here's a hiring manager who's trying to find the right salesperson. What would I say? You know, I could say things like, one, let me help you increase your sales. Two, uh, I can shorten your sales cycle. You know, three, uh, let me shorten your, you know, how fast you can get to market or maybe talk to them about how you can actually access certain markets that maybe they don't have. In other words, try to get in their head and then write them. And then what I would do is every week for three, four, five, you determine the length. I typically do three. Uh, send them an email every week. Never send it on Monday. I like Tuesday before 8 a.m. Monday, they're still trying to clean up a lot of stuff. I would send them three emails. Each three e email, each email has a specific benefit headline that benefits them, how you can help them, and then that hopefully will get them to click and open your email. And hopefully, if your message is compelling, there it is. I wrote a uh, wrote I did a video series called the Prospe uh, Predictable Prospecting System, where I lay some of this out. How do you prospect? For sales, in this case, how do you prospect for a job? So, uh, George Buddy Black, uh, he's he, again, he quoted Bruce Lee, which is a great quote. He says, I fear not the man who has practiced 10,000 kicks, but I fear the man who has practiced one kick 10,000 times. So, I'll say that again because I love this quote. It says, I fear not the man who has practiced 10,000 kicks, but I fear the man who has practiced one kick 10,000 times. How do I relate that to sales? See, I, the person that impresses me is not the salesperson that knows a hundred different sales closes, right? How to close a sale a hundred different ways. The person that impresses me is the one person who practices that same close and has it down so well that you can probably wake them out of a dead sleep and they can actually talk and close a deal right in front of you. Again, you have to practice. That's the key message in there. Be specific in what you're practicing. Be intentional in what you're practicing. Uh, let me see. Position that sounds good, beautiful. So, I mean, when you look at selling, you know, I want you to write this down because, I, you know, I've talked about this in the past. What do people care about? Again, when you're trying to sell somebody on something, one of the things I realized that people care about five things. Money, time, need, urgency, trust, right? That's what they're, they're thinking about. That's what they're concerned about. People are concerned about, is this going to cost a lot of money? Two, you know, do I have the time to implement this? Three, do I need it? Now, this is important. You can show somebody something and they need it. 
right? They'll even tell you, you know, you know, I need that. I really need that. But you know what? I'm going to hold off for now. See, because somebody can need it, but if there is no sense of urgency, they're not going to buy. So part of our job in selling is to show people what they need. And sometimes we think, you know, if we show them what they need, they'll buy. No. If it was that easy, I mean, everybody been in sales, right? You can show somebody what they need, and they'll go, huh, I need this. But they're also thinking, why do I need it now? That's when you have to create a sense of urgency. Show them how much money they're losing, how much time they're losing, what's it, what's it really costing them by not buying your product or service. In other words, when you show people the loss, and this is important, people are more motivated to make a decision when you show them the pain as opposed to the gain. This is important. People are not motivated so much by gain. They're really motivated by pain because when something is painful, they want to get rid of it. So when I sell, when I talk to people, I talk about loss. What are you going to lose if you don't do this? What's going to happen over the next three to six months when you don't implement something like this? How much money are you going to lose? What will this do to your health? What will this do to your wealth? What will this do to your mindset? You know, what are you going to lose? And then you highlight these things for them. You quantify, you show them. And all of a sudden they go, you know what, Victor, I really need to make a decision now. I create a sense of urgency. But even if you create a sense of urgency, like, you know, I need to buy this, I really need to do this. And lastly, they need to trust you. If they don't trust you, they're not going to buy from you. You know, I, there's no way around that. You can present somebody with the best product, show them that they need it, create the sense of urgency. But if they don't trust you, then they're not going to buy from you. And that's why sincerity and authenticity is key in being in sales. All right. Let me see. Uh, block objections. Don't ever come give them options starting from the highest service to the lowest service price. So that's Joe Cassidy. You know, when you every customer has objections, right? Our job is to minimize or reduce that resistance, right? And so I have a series called Blocking Objections. And Blocking Objections is all about how do you raise an objection and minimize it so they'll buy, right? So one of the things I teach in my workshops, by the way, we have a workshop coming up uh, next month. Uh, I am uh, July 21st through the 23rd. I will be joining Grant Cardone in Florida for a three-day sales boot camp. So if you go to grantcardonebootcamp.com, grantcardonebootcamp.com, uh, you'll see the events, a three-day event. Uh, I'll be there. Grant and his team will be there. Jared, his VP, will be there. It's going to be a great sales training event. Three days of hardcore sales training. Only 100 people will be allowed in the room, right? So, again, grantcardonebootcamp.com. So, hopefully, I'll see some of you down there. So, again, selling ain't hard, as I always say, when you know how. It doesn't have to be a struggle. So, if you have any questions, I'll take them right now. I says, when are you coming to Nashville? Shauna says, I have no idea. But I love Nashville, right? Uh, I love Nashville. I love that area. You know, Tennessee, you know, that whole area up there. You know, we're in Georgia right now. So when it comes to, like, Tennessee, uh, Virginia, the Carolinas, I love that area. So, you know, the people are just beautiful in that area. So when you look at selling, again, it doesn't have to be that difficult. All you have to do is present the value. But again, selling is not about talking and doing, you know, just talking a lot and just saying things for the sake of saying. Keep in mind that to be the best at selling, you really have to listen. Listen to what a lot of people are saying. So let me see some of these comments. Uh, boom, boom. Uh, Joe Cassidy said, love what you did for Orkin. Orkin is a great company. I've worked with Orkin for uh, a few years now. In fact, I, I still do some of their uh, uh, commercials on the Orkin network. Can you believe it that Orkin... 
Orkin, the pest control company, actually has their own like cable network. It's it's awesome. And then you walk into the studios, it's almost like walking into like an ESPN studio and where they talk about pest control. And and there there's a beautiful model. I mean, you know, when I've worked I've worked with Orkin many for many years again. And with them I teach and that's business to residential. And with the Orkin folks, what we talk about is, you know, from the moment you walk to the door, right? You walk up to the door, the sales process begins. And what I did is I worked with Orkin. They have their process. I think I just added my tweaks, if you know what I mean. But, you know, from the moment you walk in the door, the moment you leave and close the deal, that is a sales process. If I'm having a conversation with you for the first time and I want to sell you, I don't know, a cell phone. I'm at Verizon or whatever it may be. Sprint. doesn't matter. You know, I have a sales process. The best salespeople have a sales process. One study showed that salespeople who have a sales process, and by the way, that's what you're going to learn in my How to Sell series. So again, click on the link here or down here, and you'll get that for free. The best salespeople who have a process typically sell 48% more, 48% more than people who don't use a sales process. They also close two times X more deals than other people who don't use a sales process. And they also shorten their sales cycle. In other words, they increase their sales velocity by 37% by using a sales process. So again, all this is key. Selling is essential. More and more colleges are now actually, you know, starting to pop up that actually have sales program. In fact, I'm looking at one right now. I don't know if you're not going to be able to see it, but I'm just going to Google it real quick here. I have it here. And they talk about how many companies now have actual sales training programs. And I believe I have the number here. In 2015, top universities for sales professional education, they have a list here that looks like it's about maybe 50 schools. I want you to think about that. 50 schools that now have sales training programs, like degrees in selling. Listen to me. Schools now have degrees in selling. They figured it out that selling is important. Selling is a great major. I mean, think about it. I'm going to make a lot of people mad right now, but get mad. I don't care. Look, I'd rather earn a degree in selling than a degree in, I don't know, history of art, you know, art history, right? I can use selling all the time. I don't know if I can use art history. Uh, I can name a bunch of other degrees that I would just bypass just to get a degree in selling. Because when you get a degree in selling, when you're good at selling, listen to me, I am trying to tell you something here. This is important. That when you get a degree in selling, when you become good at selling, you'll always have a job. Yes. I should have titled that. That should have been the title of, I guess, this, you know, this Facebook Live broadcast. You know, how to always have a job. I think I would have got you know, millions of viewers on this one. How to always have a job. When you can sell, you will always have a job. I mean, think about this. When you can sell, you will always have a job. Why? Why? Because companies need great salespeople. Company needs people who can help sell their product or services. If you can sell well, you will always have a job. You want job security? Become great at selling. Yes, become great at selling. Because there's always a company that's looking for great salespeople. Think about this. The ultimate job security is learning how to sell. And the fact that more and more universities, more and more universities are actually having sales degrees is validation, if not vindication for me, that sales is a real profession. And if you become very good at it, just like you get a business management degree, guess what? 
getting a sales degree is just as important, if not more important. You with me? All right. What do you say when they say, let me think about it? Joe, what a great question. Joe Cassidy, uh, what do you say when they say, let me think about it? Joe, I'm going to answer the question because I've come up with the secret formula for answering that question. Yes, I came up with it. Nobody else has this formula. And I'm telling you, if you use my I'll think about it formula, you'll get the results you want. Now, first, let me highlight. Uh, I have a Sales Influence podcast, right? I mentioned that at the beginning. Check out the Sales Influence podcast. I don't know what episode it is, but I think it's episode number 54, where I discuss how do you handle the I'll think about it. And you're going to love the approach because it is awesome. Why is it awesome? Because I came up with it, of course, Joe, right? Just joking. But here it is in a nutshell. If you go look, now, in fact, I'm going to make you go look it up. Look at the Sales Influence Podcast. Just go to YouTube, type in Sales Influence Podcast, or just type in Sales Influence, let me think about it. And I explain to you that the next time somebody says, I'll think about it, if you follow this simple three-step process, I'm telling you, you're going to close more deals. If you don't close it, at least you'll know why they're not buying, so you'll become smarter. So check it out. Hope that helps. Uh, uh, let me see. <laughs> Joe said, I watched it all the time. Sold 96000 last month. Joe's killing it. That's a big number, man. Congratulations. Congratulations. Uh, do I get a commission off of that, Joe? That's all I want to know, man. Please write the check. Show me your appreciation. So again, when it comes to selling, it's one of those things that we all have to learn. And so, you know, again, the event I have coming, I have two events coming up. One's going to be in Spanish, by the way. This will be July 13th. That'll be in New York. I'll post this on my website. So for my Spanish friends out there, uh, I'll be doing a live event with my friend Luis Fallas. Luis Fallas. And this event will be in New York City. And I believe the date is the 13th. Uh, Luis's program is CentroDeSuperación.com, CentroDeSuperación.com, and it is on the 14th, looking at my calendar here, it is on the 14th of July, and then the week after that is the Grant Cardone Boot Camp, and then that's at GrantCardoneBootCamp.com. Both are going to be great. Uh, uh, with Luis Spayas on the in New York, uh, that's going to be one day where I spend a full day uh, basically training on sales, really going through all the scripts and everything, your sales process, your presentations, what do you say, how do you say it, the whole bit. And then the last part uh, with Grant Cardone, again, that's going to be three days. That's going to be a massive event. I mean, um, that's going to be one of those programs uh, with Grant Cardone that we're going to go deep, 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 three days, three days with only a 100 people. That means we're going deep into writing scripts. How do you prospect? How do you close? How do you get more business? How do you do your presentations? What do you need to do to position your product? How do you deal with price objection? All this stuff is what we're going to be doing at that three-day event. So hopefully you'll be at one of those events. Uh, Dean put the link uh, there. Thank you, Dean. Thank you. I appreciate that. And that is the I'll think about it. I'm telling you, that little process I use has been champion. And so when I teach that to other companies, they love it. It's a very effective strategy. But let me get back to selling in general because I want, and again, if you have questions, now is the time to ask. We got about maybe 15 more minutes on here. And if there are no questions, I'll just kind of get off here and I got to, you know, just go chill and, I don't know, have a beer. 
between us. Don't share that with anybody. But I'll probably go have a beer and you know, watch a movie or something. Uh, thank you for all your valuable information, Victor. It was great seeing you in Las Vegas. Uh, the Las Vegas event, the MGM Grand, uh, that, was a, that was an awesome event. 12,000 people. Uh, I was the MC for that event, and that is one great event. The people there, fantastic. Uh, really enjoyed that, actually. I actually enjoyed that. Um, the, when, I, when I look at selling, you know, again, one of the things I want to emphasize, because it's the question I get a lot, is that, Victor, I'm not good at selling. You know, I've never done this before, especially if you're a small business owner, right? You know, in fact, let me talk to the small business owners. By small business owners, I mean also entrepreneurs or solopreneurs. These are people who are starting their business for the first time. And again, I know you want to focus on your product and your service. Great. Got it. But again, you've got to figure out your sales approach. How do you sell that product or service to people? Because again, one of the things I often see is people simply don't know how to position the value of their product or service, which is why they don't sell a lot. So it isn't that your product stinks. It's just basically your presentation or your approach stinks. But here's the, here's the beautiful thing. It's easy to fix. Yes, a sales process is easy to fix. If you don't look, whether it's me or somebody else, find somebody who understands sales and help them, let them help you fix your process. Because sometimes you can have the best product, but again, if you don't know how to position it, you're not going to sell the product. And you'll just be struggling, you know, for the rest and maybe even go broke. A lot of small businesses go, yeah, I mean, you know the numbers, right? What is it? 85% of small businesses fail after three years? Listen, let's talk about this for a second. 85, whatever the number, it's, it's, it's north of 80. Percent of the businesses fail after three years. Why do people fail? Why do businesses fail? Is it because they have a bad product? Doubt it. Is it because they have a bad service? Mm, doubt it. It's probably good. No. Money, sales, revenue, dinero, gita, right? Coin, moolah, the whole bit. It's They don't know how to generate sales. So you again, unless you know how to generate sales, you're screwed. You're screwed. And many of these companies go down because they simply can't generate sales. They don't have a sales plan. They don't know how to put together a sales team. They don't know how to execute the plan. They simply don't have a great sales approach, which is why they struggle. So let me see. Uh, OV, how would you sell the service of building a website for a small business owner at a thousand bucks? How would you sell the service of building a website for a small business at a thousand bucks? Easy. Uh, how much money are you losing by not having the website? You know, again, sell the pain, OV. Sell the pain. How much money are you losing by not having a website? How much money are you losing by the fact that you have a website? But the search engine optimization aspect of it means that nobody can find it. How much business are you losing a month? Or if you want to go for the gain, which is not as convincing, but still worth mentioning is, you know, if you build a website for $1,000, that's to say it's the cost, right? $1,000. What I typically say is this, Mr. Customer, what's the average order size of one order? And let's say he says, I don't know, 300 bucks, right? OV, he says 300 bucks. So in other words, if you made one sale, that's $300. If you made one sale a week, that's four times 300, that's $1,200, which basically means your break-even point is somewhere between three and four weeks. So the fact that you're going to break even, see, that's the gain piece. But I want you to emphasize also the loss. How much money are you losing by not having a website? You know, how, how much is it impacting your business? And they're going to say, I don't know. I said, but not only how much is it costing you for one customer, See, the thing is, one customer will buy $300, OB. Listen to what I'm about to say. This is important. One customer will buy $300 today, I'll tell them. 
but what is the lifetime value of that customer? Customer says, hmm, what do you mean? Well, if they bought today for 300, what are they gonna buy over the next two or three years from your company? Maybe they'll buy another $200, right? Over the next two or three years. Well, that means that the total value of that customer is $500, which means for every customer they don't get, they're losing $500. And if you're losing one customer a week, that's costing you $2,000 a month, Mr. Customer. And 2,000 times 12, that's 24,000. So please don't tell me $1,000 isn't enough. Here, sign this. Something like that will be. You know what I mean. All right. All right. Let me see. Dean Hankey, my man. Personally, I find that the more I serve people, the less I ever have to sell anything. People just buy if you help them serve them and solve their pressing problems. Dean Hankey gets it, right? It, it's not about selling. It's helping people solve problems. That's the new selling. That's the new modus operandi. How do you help people sell? How do you help people solve their problems, rather? How do you help them solve problems? Every company has a problem. What problem does your product or service solve? Make that connection, that's selling. You don't even have to sell it. As, you, as Dean Hankey says, just serve. serve. And by the way, I'm not saying serve in the existential sense or the spiritual sense or the, I don't know, the altruistic sense. It's how do you help them make money? How do you help that company solve a problem? That's what salespeople do. If I could show you a product or service that you don't have or weren't even aware of to help you save money, I am saving you, your company. Now think about this for a moment. This is why sales is the noble profession. If I sell you a product or service and that helps your business and your business employs, let's say, 100 people, that means I just helped save 100 people. But more importantly, these 100 people that I help save have families, which means I also impacted their family. But it gets better. Because I sold you a product to help your company, I also got paid. And my company got paid. Now, my company has 100 people, which means me selling saves 100 people who have 100 families. Can you understand now how sales is the noble profession? It is about selling value by helping people, as Dean says, solve a pressing problem. That's all it is. All right. <clears throat> Kimberly says, Victor, we love you. Thank you. You killed it in Vegas for our Plexus convention. Also, love listening to you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you. What up, Victor? Savage Grind here. My man, Savage Grind. Thank you for the hat, man. I believe you gave me a hat. Am I right? Just type yes if you gave me a cool hat. I think I got it still. Uh, I help people with roof siding and gutters all over Chicagoland. No, we have not met. But congratulations, man. And again, you know the deal. When you're selling roofs, you're selling gutters, what are you doing? You're helping homeowners basically save their property, right? Protect their biggest assets. You don't sell windows, roofs, or gutters. That You don't sell roofs. You don't sell gutter. You sell protection of assets. By giving somebody a great roof, they're protecting what? The house. Great gutters, what are you protecting? Erosion on the side? The house. You're protecting their greatest asset. And that's how you should always view it. Dean, yep. Thank you, Dean. I appreciate that. So anyway, we've got a few more minutes here before I sign off. Uh, and again, recap what I talked about so far in this one hour. And I really enjoyed doing this. Uh, if you like these one-on-ones, it's my first Facebook Live, so, you know, you know, I don't know what to expect, but I'm, I'm glad we got a few people on here. You know, again, when you look at selling, I just can't put a higher emphasis on this. You've got to learn how to sell. I don't care who you are. You've got to learn how to sell. If you don't know how to sell, I think it's always going to hinder you. When I say hinder you for the rest of your life, I mean hinder you. And again, it's not about selling, hard selling. ABC always be closing. Get excited about that stuff, but yeah.
In the end, I go with Dean. If I can help you solve a problem with my product or service, guess what? Win, win. You make money, I make money. Now, if you're a salesperson like me, I like to make money. If you don't like to make money, yeah, you shouldn't be in sales. If you're not motivated, look, you hear this all the time. Again, I'll say it from the beginning. People tell me they're not motivated by money. And I'm just, again, unless you got a rich uncle, some type of inheritance, or something else going on that I don't know about, money is a motivator. Now, is it a prime motivator? Meh, no. Some people like making money enough to pay the bills and rather live a mediocre, by mediocre mean average life, nothing wrong with that, but beyond purpose, right? And I love that. I love people who say, you know what, Victor? I'm good at this level, and I'm on purpose at this level. Bam! I love that. Because, you know, everybody has their own definition of rich. I know people who don't make a lot of money but are happy as hell. I know people who make a lot of money who are depressed as hell, right? So, again, define your own success. Stop listening to these stupid gurus. You know what I mean? That says, success is about, eh. Success is about, do what you want. Define it any way you like. Don't let people define success for you. Stop looking at what other people have. That's the other thing. You know what I mean? Stop looking at what other people have. They have a nice house. Great. Congratulations. High five. Go, you know, you know, whatever they have, too often, you know, envy will kill us. You know, the, the funny thing about our brain is that, you know, it's, our brain is like, it's a contrasting machine. I don't know if you ever noticed this. It contrasts. It always looks at, it compares two things all the time. The brain just does this. All the time. It's always comparing. It's always comparing. That's how we survive in there, our environment, right? And so it's always comparing. And sometimes we have to stop that comparing algorithm. In other words, if somebody's doing better than us, well, you know, just congratulate them. You know what I mean? High five them. Don't envy them. Don't want to be them. You know, for those of you who saw my show, Life or Debt, you know, and hit me a high five here. You know, just say yes. If you saw Life or Debt, just put L-O-D. And one of the things I learned about my show, Life or Debt, by the way, poster right here. See that poster right here in my office, Life or Debt, right? Right there. That show should have been picked up for season two. I have no idea how this show versus the Kardashians, right, didn't get picked up. But anyway, uh, one of the things I learned about this show is that, you know, so many of these couples that we saw that I worked with from the outside looked like they had it all together. You know what I mean? They looked shiny from the outside. And all I had to do was scratch a little bit on the surface, and their house of cards fell apart. And I, and I say this to you because I want you to realize that it isn't just about money. I'm with you on this. Okay, I'm with you on this. I like making money. I enjoy making money, but it's not all about money. I get it. I'm with you on this. You know, because if, if it is about money, then there's something empty about it, right? But, you know, if you're living life on purpose, doing what you want to do, that's a great thing. For, you know, and I, again, working with these couples made me realize that I should never compare, you know, what, or assume what other people have. Because if I was their neighbors, if I was one of their neighbors, and I looked at their house, their cars, and how they were living, I would swear that these people were financially sound. But all I had to do was go into their life, scratch the surface, and I realized... It was a house of cards. They really didn't have their act together. So again, stop looking at what other people have. Focus on what you have. Anyway, back to sales. That's more philosophy, right? Because, I, like I said, I like money. You know, again, when people tell me they don't like money, I'm like, yeah, there's something wrong with you. You know, because, but again, it is just about money because, as I mentioned, there's a lot of people who make a lot of money who are not happy. You know, and I know people who don't make a lot of money who are supremely happy. And everybody defines their own success. And I think that's the mindset. When it comes to selling, Again, shift your mindset. It's not about 
you know, trying to force somebody to buy something they don't want. That's the wrong mindset. The right mindset is how can I help you, as Dean put it, solve a pressing problem to help you build your business, to help you protect your asset, to help you become better. Because if I can help you, I serve you, I can help you, and I can make money doing that, man, that is like yin and yang right there. If I can help you because I have a product or a service that I know will help you, and if I can do that and make money, win-win. That's the mindset of selling today. All right. Uh, Victor, you have a hero, especially because you're from Chicago. Daniel, thank you, Matt. Northwest side. So, yeah, we were uh, near the North Avenue in Ashland. If you know where North Avenue in Ashland is in Chicago, uh, uh, what's the, uh, I forgot his first name. Ray, was it? No, not. I was going to say Raymond Burr, but that's the lawyer. Uh, Jonathan Burr Elementary School is where I went to. And then I went to William H. Wells High School on Augusta and, oh, I forgot the other cross street. Uh, please do more of these. You, like, you guys dig these, let me know. Uh, again, I thought I'd take some time out of my day. Uh, I've been blessed. Uh, and by the way, uh, may I suggest if you're like, you don't have anything to do for the next hour, go on YouTube. If you haven't seen my documentary movie, The Motivator, you should check it out. You know, because uh, I think you'll you'll love the story. It's on, again, it's on YouTube. It's free called The Motivator. And so, again, I'll remind you of two things. One is check out the links here on the side or below. And, you know, check out the special offer I have. You'll be able to, again, uh, access my, my series, How to Sell, which is a sales training program for free. Uh, and also, you know, uh, next month, and I'll start, again, I'll start promoting this a little bit. The Luis Fallas event will be in Spanish, in Espanol. For everybody, and that's going to be in New York on the 14th. And then I'm hanging out with my man Grant Cardone at the Grant Cardone Boot Camp uh, in Miami, July 21st, 22nd, 23rd. Uh, I'm excited about that event. That's going to be three days of, you know what it is with three days, with a hundred business people. You know when you got a group that's that small and you're working with them. I mean, you could really dig into the real problems. And no fluff, no junk, no, you're the best, you're the greatest, none of that. It's really work. How do we sell more? How do you take your business to the next level? How do you scale your business? How do you generate more revenues to protect your product or service? Anyway, a couple of more comments here. Uh, Chris, uh, yeah, selling ain't hard when you know how. Uh, so great. Watch my podcast. Victor, uh, Terrence Freeman. Victor, how are you, my friend? Good to see you again. Terrence, what up? And like I said, I might do this again. Like I said, it feels weird talking to a camera when, you know, as a, as a salesperson, I'm used to talking to a person in front of me. So it feels weird to talk to that thing right there. It's like, it just feels, doesn't feel natural. Or is it just me? I don't know. It could be me. All right. One minute left. Anything else before I get out of here? No. By the way, thank you for tuning in. You guys are awesome. Uh, if you get a chance, share this video. I've uh, been on here almost an hour. I think it's fun. I, I enjoy doing this. And so maybe we'll, one of the things I think I'll do next time is ask a bunch of questions. And then uh, I'll be prepared to answer a lot of questions. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. And we will see you on the other side of life. Remember, Sales Influence Podcast. And I have to sign off or else people get mad. Selling ain't hard when you know how. Take care.